Hi, welcome to Overlooked. My name is Pooja Advani. My guest today is a person who at the age of 19 was appointed as the youngest animal welfare officer in India. At the age of 25, he was appointed as the lead emergency response officer for PETA India. He has helped over 10,000 animals from illicit breeding, animal trade, wildlife. I'm thrilled to have him here today. My guest today is Meet Asha. Hi, Meet. Hello, Welcome Pooja. to Overlooked. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am so thrilled you're here today. So, actually, I want to start with, um, I read somewhere that you, at the age of 12, sold one of your bracelets and helped a puppy that was hit by a car. And I want to know what were your parents' reaction and what actually led you to do that? So actually, it started well before that. Actually, when I was in kindergarten, I started feeding uh, resident stray dogs in my kindergarten school. I started sharing my tiffin with them. Uh, and then it went on to tending to newborn puppies in our residential complexes, etc. And yeah, I did sell my silver bracelet for a dog which was badly hurt. Uh, a car had... Uh, hit him and after that he had suffered a huge uh, wound on his head and it got completely infested with maggots. Uh, the dog was in a very bad shape and uh, rather than helping him, people were trying to shoo him away, uh, which made me realize about the apathy uh, of stray dogs in India. Uh, for me, uh, the bracelet was not important, uh, the life of that dog was. So I made that decision. Uh, yeah, in, in the beginning, my parents uh, did not understand uh, why I was doing it or why I was so engrossed into helping animals and according to them, probably even sidelining a few things to help animals. Uh, but now after seeing me work for animals for over eight years, um, they are on board and they support me in whatever work that I do. So it's been a journey that you've been actually yeah. doing ever since you were young. Absolutely. And tell me something is, uh, what are the cases that you actually deal with? And um, you are with Peter. And um, what led you to be with Peter? Was it something that you actually planned? Or it just something that happened by chance? So I'm a qualified chartered accountant by profession and qualification. And I made the decision to quit my career at a reputed chartered accountancy firm and start working for animals full time. Well, then I had nothing in mind as to what I would do, where would I work, etc. But I just made that decision because I realized that the amount of time that I was giving for animal rights uh, with my work and studies was very less as compared to what animal welfare and animal rights needs. Uh, that's when I made this decision to change my profession from a chartered accountant to an animal rights activist. Um, for a year after quitting my job with the chartered accountancy firm, I was working for animal rights full-time, handling animal cruelty cases across Maharashtra in an individual capacity on a voluntary basis. And after that, a friend told me about an opening at PETA India. Mm -hmm. And that time it was as an emergency response coordinator. So I applied and I immediately got through and I was on board. I'm glad I took that decision because PETA India is one of the most reputed and one of the very few organizations that works for so many causes with regards to animal rights and animal welfare 
the emergency response team that I currently lead for PETA India now uh, has a 24-7 helpline number, which is 9820122602. And uh, be it any time of the day or night, we help animals 24-7 and we rescue animals, injured animals. Obviously, we this helpline is dedicated so to stray the, animals. So the role of that you have as an emergency response coordinator is to basically make sure that wherever there's an injured animal, you have a team that gets dispatched there. So, so basically, we are based in Mumbai. So right. primarily, we do have a rescue team here in Mumbai, which attends to animal emergencies round the clock. Uh, also, my role is to liaison with government of officials for uh, filing animal cruelty cases in cases where possible prevent animal cruelty cases from taking place. For example, animals used for entertainment like bullock cart races are illegal in India. Uh, when I get tip-offs or when we get tip-offs about such races about to take place, we work with district authorities and senior government officials to stop them. So we we have a lot of illegal activities sure. where animals are concerned, especially wildlife animals are also concerned, be it your horses and marriages, yeah. or be it the elephants that are used in Amir Fort. Or sure. remember, we were having a discussion about Suman. True, sure, absolutely. Yes, and uh, Suman was one of the cases that um, um, I kind of got involved yeah. in with uh, Wildlife SOS. Uh, what is being done about cases like these, like elephants used for purposes that they're not mm -hmm. supposed to be used? We had the Kerala festival when one elephant is actually um, harmful to um, the public around because of the temperamental issues and because of the health conditions that he's suffering. But he's still being paraded around as something which is victorious. Yeah. And it's, it's sometimes the, the thought process that I have is... The, uh, the mafias that are actually doing all of this, are they above us? Are they above the law? How, why? How? Let me tell you, we are to blame for this. Wild animals do not belong in captivity. They belong in wild. They belong in the forest. That's where their home is and that's where their family is. Uh, these wild animals that are now in captivity, they were, most of them were not, cap were not captive born animals. They are stolen from the wild. They are deprived from their family. They are beaten. They are, they are beaten till their souls break. And that's when, and that's how they are induced into slavery. I, I, I am rightly no, calling I, it slavery it because slavery. it is slavery. Uh, and let me also go on to this extent of saying there was a time when human slavery was okay. Today, when we look at it, we look at it with disgust. And I'm assertive that a day will come and that day is not far when we will look at animal slavery with disgust and this will be a past. Coming to your question of what is the law and uh, how, how do these people get away? Uh, so currently the matter is subjudice as far as captive elephants are concerned. The Honorable Supreme Court, the Apex Court of India is uh, considering the matter and there have been several hearings that have taken place. Uh, the Honorable Supreme Court also uh, ordered for a survey, a statistic survey to be conducted by the Animal Welfare Board of India on how many captive elephants do we have in, in the entire country and whether these are ones which are legitimately owned. When I say legitimately owned, what I mean is 
whether the person who is in possession of the elephant has an ownership certificate which is issued by the forest department. Not all elephants or not all wildlife owners have these ownership certificates. They have not been issued after the Wildlife Protection Act 1972 came into force, which means ownership certificates were issued prior to prior 1972. To so prior to 1972, whatever elephants were in captivity, uh, only they are technically and legally allowed to remain in possession. But again, there are various rules that govern the welfare of animals in captivity that they cannot be bred because we do not want more animals bred in, in captivity, captivity to right. suffer and be prisons like the prisoners like this for no fault of theirs. But we still have cases like yeah. someone that are we happening. still have cases still and have then. That's where we uh, use the law. The Wildlife Protection Act has elaborate provisions as far as wild animals and protected wildlife is concerned. Many of us may know elephant is, elephants are rather one of the most highly protected endangered species, species in, in India. The they are protected under Schedule 1, which is a top priority schedule wherein anyone found committing any act of wildlife crime towards such animals, be it poaching, be it illegally, you know, robbing them from their families and removing them from their forest that amounts to poaching is punishable with a jail term of up to seven years and it's a non-bailable offense. So in most cases, people will not get bail when they commit such acts. But it is about enforcement at times where we fail our animals, where we fail our wildlife that we are unable to enforce the elaborate and extensive laws that we have. Do you think um, animal abuse, I mean, we all know animal abuse has been going on for centuries. I mean, recently I saw um, on, on social media, I got this forward of one um, elephant that was, mm -hmm. it was 1916. Mm -hmm. So, um, and she basically was tortured, killed, uh, killed a mahout and then eventually the 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 way they killed her was by hanging her publicly yeah. with a crane that was absolutely unfortunate a heart-wrenching image that in today's world can never ever become a reality thanks to the wildlife protection That's act uh, that makes it animal abuse of wild animals or any kind of wildlife crime meaning any kind of abuse brutality towards wild animals a heinous offense let me give you an example of a case that i dealt with personally mm. and how this perpetrator is still rather he's the one suffering now and paying for his deeds there was a case about a gray or generally called as hanuman langur from yes. vashim district in maharashtra the poor langur was already injured and was in its home, a forest area. This person, the perpetrator and two of his friends had ventured into the forest for God knows some reason. And then they found this injured langur there and they tortured him. They beat him to death. They didn't stop at that. This guy, the main perpetrator, uh, after the langur was dead, hung him upside down on the branch of a tree suspended through a string and kept hitting the langur with chapels and kept hitting there the langur. Yeah, the viral, the videos had, there were two videos which yeah. had gone viral. Even now, those videos, you know, 
uh, in between go viral on some groups and then uh, i tell people that well it has been taken care of yes. and you and everyone else watching this will be surprised and happy to know that uh, with our efforts uh, with the help what we did with the police and the forest department of washim this perpetrator is still in prison it's been more than a year now he was denied bail a record breaking six times right including yes. by the honorable bombay high court the high court said such kind of abuse is not acceptable such kind of behavior in the society is not acceptable and that this person if let out may harm others, others. and that's where uh, peta and several other animal rights groups have been urging the government that why we need to strengthen the prevention Prince of cruelty, cruelty to animals act which is the basic welfare legislations for animals in india the wildlife protection act only gives protection to a certain kind of animals that are endangered and which are wild and i think it also does to a certain level true true i think what we Seven need 7 years is too less too according less. to what, what we need absolute for i mean for wildlife one aspect now coming down to um uh, we're talking about the laws where your domestic yeah. animals are concerned um where the case of langur which has been a record breaking mm -hmm. case but there have been cases in terms of where um we have seen an increase and there's so many cases true, we true, actually true. get tagged on which are basically abandonment cases and sexual abuse sexual of animals abuse rather of animals, is uh on, culling cases on all time high yeah and uh, what is it that we can actually do one as lay people true and how do we force the government to make stronger laws similarly that a person who decides to commit this crime or decides to leave a pet on the street completely to fend for themselves is actually really scared to true. do it saying god if i'm god my life is over what is it that we can actually do for those laws to come into play so currently the basic animal welfare legislation which is the prevention of cruelty to animals act 1960 as the name suggests was passed in the year 1960 in our parliament right it has not seen any amendments thereafter right. so the fines and penalties are age old outdated and redundant which is it is a mere 50 rupee for any kind of abuse, abuse. however heinous the crime be it's the same fine rupees 50 for a first time offender however on the other side we have laws like sections 428 and 429 of the indian penal code which provide for stronger uh, penalties and jail term against animal abusers section 429 provides for up to 5 years of prison in case someone maims kills tortures an animal so we what we do now till we have a law like till we have the prevention of cruelty to animals act as a strong law which will actually set as a deterrent which will deter animal abusers yeah. from committing acts of animal cruelty we push law enforcement agencies the police to include sections like section 429 in the fir in case of animals which have been killed or which have been tortured brutally and that's how we ensure that the abusers don't go scot free like for example sexual abuse of animals uh it's sad it's shocking and surprising to know that sexual abuse of animals is not even categorized as an offense Sense, in the prevention right. of cruelty to animals act but on the other hand section 377 of the indian penal code 
and thanks to the Supreme Court that they did not strike down the complete section, but it was only partially struck down, makes sexual assault or sexual abuse of animals or having sexual relations with animals in India a serious non-bailable offense which can be punished with up to 10 years of imprisonment. So rather than not doing anything about it, we must use sections which we must use provisions of law which empower us to help animals and stop such kind of suffering. We were talking about earlier bestiality, we were talking about um, animal cruelty, cruelty towards our indies, mm -hmm. cruelty towards uh, throwing a puppy out uh, from a moving car. Correct. Uh, we had cases of uh, medical students yeah. tossing a puppy out of... Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it sometimes I wonder what is actually the mental process that actually mm. lets people do, True. let people do yeah. that. And I guess it actually comes down to having stricter laws and, and creating that fear that if you do something like that, there is a consequence to it. And I guess people are, are doing crimes like these or doing acts which are so senseless to probably you right. and me, basically because they feel they can actually get away with it. Let me tell you, Pooja, that this is a societal problem. This is not a problem of animal lovers or animal activists or dog lovers or whatever. This is a societal problem and right. the society needs to be worried about animal cruelty and abuse. I say so because let me quote a study here which creates or shows a link between human abuse and animal abuse and that how animal abuse, animal abusers in most cases go on to abusing humans. I'll just read that piece out for all of us. One US study conducted over a 21 year period found that 70% of people who abused animals went on to commit other crimes and about two thirds of them also assaulted a human. Examples of such individuals include Ameru Islam, this is an Indian, who used to rape and kill dogs and goats before he was sentenced to death for raping and murdering law student Jisha in Kerala. American serial killer and cannibal Jeffrey Dhamer impaled that heads of dogs and cats on sticks. In the UK, the abuser of a child known as Baby P, Stephen Barker, tortured animals including frogs, whom he would skin before breaking their legs. In India, Virappan was a poacher as well as a serial killer and the infamous Noida serial murderers of children took place at homes of Maninder Singh Pandher, who was fond of hunting. This very clearly shows how animal abuse and human abuse is correlated to each other. You will be surprised to know that in the US, the FBI investigates cases of serious animal cruelty and abuse. Sadly, we have no provision as such in India. I remember I read one of your articles where you stated that that we don't even have the CBI looking True. into any of these um, activities that happen. Right. So that's when we kind of go in for we need stronger laws. Absolutely. We need to educate people. We need to, I guess the need of the hour has now become education yeah. for so um, in terms of the creating awareness. Do you think social media has actually propagated this in terms Not of... Not all people are good. So sadly, in a modern, in a so-called civilized society of ours, which we live in today, 
uh, it's unfortunate that we have to have this thing wherein a stricter law will deter people from creating such crimes in a civilized society. Ideally, this should not be the yes, scenario, exactly. but there are many things which are not ideal in our country. So I agree with you that yes, we desperately, desperately need a law. And I am appealing to anyone and everyone who's watching this now, including our Honorable Prime Minister, Sri Narendra Modi, to kindly consider urgently amending the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Act. PETA India and many other animal rights groups have constantly written to him, Law Minister Ravi Shankar Prasad and several other ministers, various celebrities, actors have also written to the governments in power now and in the past, reminding them that animal abuse is not acceptable in our society, in a civilized society where it has the thing of affecting humans also. It's about time that the governments wake up and amend these laws, make them strict and stricter in a way that it prevents people from committing such brutal acts of abuse towards animals. Animals can't defend themselves. Yes. They, they are speechless if, and they can't speak, but because just because they can't scream, that doesn't mean they don't feel, feel pain. pain. I agree with you and completely. And, and that is what I guess is. Yeah, you were saying something about social media. So I was basically coming into, I guess, um, Somewhere I have felt, and this is a, a very personal thing, that the abuse actually, if you actually go to see, animal abuse has been going on for centuries. Yeah? Sure. So, so, so this article that I saw in 1916, elephant hung mm. because she killed a mahout by a crane. Crane actually stabbed the first time. Mm. So she's fallen down, broken a hip, and then they've done it again. Yeah. And there's about 2,000 children cheering this happening and this is happening in 1916 coming down to now um, the awareness that has actually come um, I recently was in one of the schools and um, we landed up having a conversation about animal tourism mm -hmm. and um, and it was a very simple answer that they mm -hmm. actually gave me which was which was enlightening which was we should just not do it absolutely and, you know, and they were children of fifth, uh, seventh and eighth grade. And when we started to talk to them about our extinct species and, and talk to them about, um, you know, what is actually a, we had to sensitize it a little bit. Um, but that, that's what it was. It was, it's a very simple, we should just not do it. Yeah. And that concept that we should just not do it because they are our fellow species, right? And that awareness, I guess, is also started to come through social True. media because a lot of these farms are getting yeah. um, exposed. Your the dairy, youth are, yeah. Yeah. So your dairy farms are getting exposed. Your, your pig farms right. are getting exposed. Your, and have you, this, um, what, what I want to ask is, do you feel that the social media has actually propelled this far more, Absolutely. far faster? Absolutely. Certainly. Uh, let me tell you that children, if educated, if sensitized at the right time, at the right tender age, they are the hope for India and for, for the world. So they, that, that is 
the only thing that we can count on the youth of today and the youth of tomorrow who will help make this world a better place to live for us as humans and for our co fellow species animals birds and the like about social media and the role that social media has played before i come to that let me tell you about a very unfortunate incident which happened just last year in 2018 uh, a camel was religiously sacrificed during bakra eid in varanasi uttar pradesh in open daylight seven families got together to sacrifice one camel on open street and there are thousands of people most of them kids watching the brutal killing and i can't i don't wish to explain how painful how heart wrenching it was to see but people were literally running with a vessel to collect the blood of the camel we cannot expose our kids to this kind of brutality and abuse whether it be in the name of religion culture tradition need or whatever you may call it any kind of abuse this kind of abuse is unacceptable like it is rightly said if slaughterhouses had glass walls everyone would be a vegan today agreed peta is a vegan advocacy group and we have time and again exposed how cruel the dairy industry is many of indians are vegetarians but most of them do not know how cruel the dairy industry is it is time we wake up we open our eyes to how cruel use of animals is use is equal to abuse, abuse. use can never be humane use it is always an abuse no cow wants to give her milk for you and me and not for her calf no goat chicken pig or any other species wants to die to be served as meat on our plates social media has played a, a huge role miley cyrus a very well known singer she has very rightly said if you eat meat you are not an animal lover but you are only a pet lover no. so it's about time that we rise to the occasion we recognize that animals are sentient beings they feel pain and they are definitely not here on this planet for us to kill and eat them what are the regulations for the poultry industry or the the dairy industry in our country do we have any form of regulations for them sadly currently we have absolutely no regulations for poultry or dairy industry uh the government is about to notify uh the egg laying hens rules but they are absolutely weak with lot of loopholes let me go on to further elaborate on this since you asked me a question about poultry and the dairy industry which are one of the most cruel, cruel industries, industries in the world and the people running it i definitely wouldn't call them human or humane anyway about the poultry industry the law commission of india published a report recommending that battery cages battery cages are basically cages of metal which are smaller than the size of an a4 size paper 
And for most of us, if we don't know what is an A4 size paper, way smaller than the size of our iPad. That's the space in which a hen is made to live till she can lay eggs and till she is fertile. There is no regulation to stop this. There are court judgments which are not being implemented. There is a report from the Law Commission of India which is not being implemented. Yes, there is a law under the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Act which prohibits use of oxytocin which is extremely painful. Oxytocin is used in humans uh, to ease the labor pain of yes. a lady who is expecting. This oxytocin is given twice a day to cattle, cow and buffalo alike to make them loosen up their milk, which they hold for their calf. We are so cruel and we are so selfish that we are so desperate to have. So people consider that it is an increase in production. Well, it is not. The cow is holding on that milk in its body for its calf. By giving oxytocin, you induce the amount of labor pain that a woman goes through maybe once or twice or thrice in her lifetime. Cows or cattle, female cattle, go through this twice every single day. This is absolutely cruel, horrendous. It is illegal, but sadly, there is absolutely no enforcement which regulates. There must be committees established to regulate. Again, use of animals is not acceptable. PETA or I do not endorse cows, cattle, etc. being used or abused for milk. But within the ambit of law, strictly speaking, we need not better laws, but laws which are practically implementable and laws where which actually recognize the need of animals and accordingly provide for their welfare and well-being. People will be surprised to know that the antibiotics, the injections and what all sorts of steroids that are used, they make hens lay eggs four times more than what they would naturally do. If that's how we are doing it, then at the end, it's only affecting the lives of animals and ultimately the people who consume those products or those animals. Um, if someone does see a cruelty case or someone right. sees something happening, what are the actions that they can actually take and what should they actually do? So one thing I would say is, uh, there is a blog on PETA India's website, which says nine things to do when you witness animal cruelty. Uh, people can go and read there in detail because we have limited time, so I can't go into yes. nitty gritties. But there everything is mentioned in detail. Uh, just to run through what one should be doing. One, help that animal. Stop the abuse if it is happening. Uh, if you are seeing it, that is enough. You don't always need to document. If you document, it's always better. But it's not that if you do, if you have not documented the crime, you can't do anything Maybe about it. Most important thing is to help the animal which is in pain or in distress. That is to seek veterinary care. Help the animal. If the animal is alive, filing an FIR should not be a priority. Saving the yeah, life of that animal, animal should be. be. 
Once that is taken care of, once veterinary assistance and care has been provided, then comes the step of alerting the law enforcement agency that is the police. And after that, following up with the police to make sure that FIR is not the end of the case. Most people end it there. They don't follow up. The police officers also have multiple cases that they are investigating at, uh, at any given point right, of time. Of so making sure that we follow up on our cases that we have filed will ensure that we see through those cases and actually that will set a deterrent not only for that person but for multiple other people that he may say yaar maine to aise kiya ye ho gaya itna code ka chakkar kaatna pada itna time mein jail mein tha this happened that happened so all so this it does it will have a yeah, ripple effect so it I'm, will also the media is very proactive about animal rights these days and i and I thank them through this medium that they are covering animals rights issues they are covering like this bail that was denied right it was broadly covered by the well, media yes. and i was not expecting them to give it give it that coverage which, which it deserves and now media houses are you know realizing the need for giving it the space that animal rights, rights issues, issues need. need coming down to the increase yeah. in number um sometimes i ask myself that like you know like we spoke about animal abuse has been going on for a very long time um is it because now they're getting reported that often that we're kind of hearing about it yes that's true and also the second reason is that our weak animal protection laws as far as the prevention of cruelty to animals act is concerned but this has been happening so whatever yeah. we are hearing about is true. been happening so the only what is basically changing is now we are hearing about yeah it. True. So, I mean, there'll be a but, lot of but cases. But we need to, if we need to uh, get these cases to all-time low, which is what our target should, should be, be, then we need uh, immediate amendment in the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Act. Now, talking about Wildlife Protection Act, and I'll combine it with the Prevention yes, of Cruelty yeah. to Animals Act, um, the trade the smuggling of exotic species you see these macaws cockatiels and all these fancy african breeds parrots. of yeah, african grey parrots and then those pocket monkeys which are right. as small as the finger and they cling on to the finger and people find it so cute uh, let me tell you all these species just because we call them exotic they are not exotic exotic they are all wild species of the respective the countries country that they the originate region. from like the pocket monkey is native to Brazil. It is extremely endangered in Brazil, but because of the illegal trading, because of the smuggling, the population there of these pocket monkeys is reducing furthermore, like they're already endangered, they're critically endangered, probably they'll become extinct. So horse carriages are banned, but yeah. horse riding isn't. That is also banned in the city of Mumbai. Joyrides. Yeah. See. So again, it's a matter of enforcement of law. And that's when we involve the local police. We report it to the local police station and we ensure that those horses are never used for joyrides again. This order is limited to the city of Mumbai as of now. Hmm. We hope with time, once we have 100% enforcement and implementation in Mumbai, then we have a chance of approaching the High Court again and 
kind of getting a similar order for other places. Right now, the focus is to ensure complete implementation in Mumbai so that in the future, when we are looking at a similar order, the courts are convinced that, okay, we have done it once and it has worked out. Probably it will work out in other places also and it is worth a chance. But um, like now coming back to horses, right? But can you use them for marriages? Because you still see them using for marriages. Technically Three, and cannot, legally, right? yeah, technically and legally you cannot because using horses in marriages is making them perform. Right. Performance of any animal, especially domestic animals or even wild animals for that matter, is governed by the Performing Animals Registration Rules of 2001, framed under the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Act 1960. The registration authority is the Animal Welfare Board of India. None of these uh, horse owners uh, have registered their horses or have registered themselves or have a valid license or a permission from the Animal Welfare Board of India to do so. There are two ways of tackling any issue. One is the legal uh, way of dealing with it. Two is awareness. PETA uh, has recently launched a video, if you have seen that video, wherein a lot of bride and grooms are talking about how they chose to give using uh, horses in marriages a ditch and instead chose a luxury car or a yes, vintage bike or something that, yes. like that. Uh, now, as far as enforcement is also concerned, in Delhi, PETA India has worked with Delhi police to uh, go and conduct inspections at these horse stables and ensure that spike bits are not used because right. those are extremely painful, painful and make animals bleed. Their gums bleed, their tongue bleeds. And uh, that is illegal. That is clearly a violation of the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Act. So we are working with law enforcement agencies to enforce the law. That's, that's what animal activists, animal welfare organizations must do in their respective areas, whatever area they can cover. That limited area should be picked up and work should be started in that area. So that, as I said, ripple mm. effect, spread of word by media, by these people, and by others who see all this happening, helps in a big way to tackle such situations. I'm going to move to, um, you know, we were talking about how different species of animals coexist and they all have the similar family units. Why is it so difficult for us as a human race to coexist with our fellow species? So it's more so because of our upbringing and the kind of uh, mentality that we are, uh, that the society rather uh, imbibes on us. Uh, that is why I said it is so important to sensitize and educate children at a very young, young and tender age. age so that they do not look at animals as objects or like many, for many they are just nuisance and coming into coexistence we have been seeing a rise of man animal conflict true and um, whether it is your leopard in goregaon or 
the most high profile case that we had was of Avni. Sure. Um, Avni was something that I was also involved in and it was, it was something that uh, was very, very personal mm. in terms of, for me, it was a very simple thing. If I don't, if I'm not a part of this, then there will be, if, and this goes through, there will be several others to follow. Sure. And the only reason it was that um, I honestly was only driven by the fact that this can't happen. We have to find a solution to the man-animal conflict that we have. And killing an animal um, in their own territory, we have encroached into our territory. We are expanding sure. as a population. Um, it's not the way to solve an issue like Correct. that. How can we actually find a solution to man-human conflict? And this is a this is a thing that is actually not happening only in India, yeah. but this is a, a, a global issue. True. Um, but Avni was like an example that all of us at some levels got involved Correct. and said that we have to make an example out of that. True. And um, and it happened. Yeah. I was heartbroken when I got the news. I was like, were those marches actually worth it? True. Were those petitions that were going on actually worth it? Because at the end of the day, this was the result which was actually Correct. already targeted yeah. for. This was a well-targeted result. It was a matter of finding her and this was going to be the True. end game. My question to you here is, how do we stop this? I mean, we saw the whole propaganda behind, you know, um, there were marches across the nation. There were people from globally getting yeah. involved in where the Avni case was. Um, and how many Avnis followed? True. Which went unreported yeah. after that. So, so one way to deal with it is uh, probably, not probably, but certainly stopping encroachment of humans into forest lands like Norway has banned deforestation. We need to take a lead there from Norway and other developed countries which have recognized the need for wildlife conservation now. If not now, it's going to be too late. Too late. Already there is a study by the UN which says in a span of about 40 years, we have lost 60% of our of species. So and we are in the worldwide. way of losing yeah. 100 more. Yeah. So uh, that is one. But now we need to understand how the encroachment is beginning. Like, how does it start and why? One is, yes, the increase in human population, uh, which again is unregulated. It's unfortunate to say that, but it is unregulated. Unregulated, yes. Because there is no, uh, there's nothing that regulates uh, the kind of kids that one can have or whatever. Uh, second reason is meat and dairy industry. Many will be surprised to know, but it is a fact. And rather a UN report has suggested that Shifting to a vegan lifestyle, including a dietary vegan lifestyle, is the only way to tackle effects of global warming. Why it says so? Because 
most of animals that are raised for food contribute to the greenhouse emission in the world. Right. Also, animals that are raised for food, for meat, these are the animals which are again fed food grains. There is a study again by the UN which says that 60% of the land worldwide is used for like for cultivation of crop is for animal feed and only 40% is for human feed. It should be not even the other way around, but there should be a majority of difference. But what is happening right now is because we have no uh, control over things that we are doing. Yes, some may say it's a personal choice, but when your personal choice starts affecting not only the lives of those animals that unfortunately are allowed to be killed under law, but it is affecting the environment. Animals raised for food, for meat, contribute to maximum greenhouse emission even more than what vehicles do. So that is why moving or shifting to a vegan lifestyle is one of the most important things an individual can do in their own Hold capacity, that. in one's own capacity. Like there are some people who may not be in a position to do things like I or you do, but everyone is in a, is in a position to control what comes on their plate and what comes on their plate definitely affects what happens with our environment, what happens with climate change, the extent of damage that it is completely proportional. What we eat, what comes on our plate and what happens with the environment that we live in. We complain of it being as hot as ever. We complain of humidity. We complain of so many things about the environment not being kind to us. But right. are we kind to, to the, the environment? environment? Because what we give is what we are going to get back. And deforestation actually has been True. a very, very major. Rather, uh, the governments uh, of late have been absolutely insensitive towards the, the conservation of forests. In Maharashtra especially, it is a complete eyewash wherein the forest minister and the forest department is running this uh, tree plantation drives, so many crore saplings we will plant. One is how many years will it take for those saplings to become trees? Two, most of these saplings are not seeing a survival rate of more than 30%, which means if 100 saplings are planted, not even 30 are surviving. This is a complete waste of taxpayers' money. Two, it is not solving the problem of deforestation. You opening a reserve and protected forest, which has become a forest, which has become an ecology mm. for the animals, for the species, for the plants itself, which are grown and which are living in that ecology, in that forest, has happened over a period of hundreds of years. Yes. You just open up those forests either for mining or for construction of highway or for cement factories, or whatever reason, there has to be another way to it. We have to find out. We are humans, right? Exactly. We consider ourselves superior species. If we are going to say, well, there is no option, there's no other way to do it, then what is the purpose of we being the superhumans and being on the top of the food chain and being in control 
of everything on this planet right now. We need to take charge. We need to find out sustainable ways of doing development. Any environmentalist, any animal rights activist is not against development. I am personally for development of the man at the end, the last man, right. so to say, but not at the cost, cost of environment because we will not be able to breathe development. We will not be able to live development. Development is an essential part of our lives, but not to the extent that we compromise on our health. So many people are dying of air pollution, especially in Delhi, lakhs of people, but it is not being treated as a national emergency by the, by the current government or even by the past governments. The past governments also have not done a great deal of work as far as conservation of wildlife or conservation of forests is concerned or environment, so to say. It's all interrelated. Environment is uh, the father of all and these all are wildlife wild animals and all of it is a part, part of, it. of it like it is said we are a part of the environment and not apart from the environment so we have to live in this environment if we are going to destroy it it is we and our future generations who will have to face the repercussions and that's what the whole Avni case True. was all about yeah. and that's where the the, the she was killed uh, in a manner which no one could think it was a cold-blooded murder and we must hang our heads in shame and I do right now because her killers have at least till now not been punished and looking at how things are going on, they are going scot-free. The government uh, had a few committees that were formed. The committees also indicted the people who were responsible for the killing. But unfortunately, the nature of those findings of the committee are only recommendatory in nature. Right. They are not something that can be enforced. It is, it is optional. It, the government is at choice, uh, is at, has the option whether to enforce them or to consider them just as a recommendation and do nothing about it. So it's about time that all of us stand up against such kind of brutality and abuse. She was a mother of two. Her cubs were orphaned. One cub is in captivity, one cub the future of which is unknown. This is not what at least our tigers deserve. We have a project tiger and whatnot. It's all an eyewash, I would say. If we are not able to protect a mother and her two cubs, what is the purpose of running the entire sham of this tiger project and this and that? Every day we are opening up these tiger reserves for tourism. We see videos of uh, chicken and then cows being left in these uh, wildlife sanctuaries, example, gear, where uh, just to get more people, uh, for entertainment, basically, baiting animals. Me, which brings me to one of our um, sanctuaries per se, yeah. uses elephants for tourism to True. feed a tiger. Correct. And um, we had one of the cases that came right. up and there was a wildlife photographer there yeah. who saw the abuse of the elephants happening. Right. And um, it, it, why is it a sanctuary? then? Correct. Mm -hmm. So the point being that uh, we have very conveniently 
chosen what species to conserve, what to use, what to abuse, what to kill. Uh, there, there was a video which had again gone viral on social media very recently, which showed how from the day man came into existence, it's a very animated video. Yes, I have seen that. Yeah, yeah. So th that, that actually conveys the message, message right. Completely. That since the day we have come on this planet, most of us have either done things which are wrong or have chosen to be silent, which is wrong because silence is contributing to what it's a silent consent Cons that one yes. gives. If you are not consenting, one should be vocal about it. However minuscule the minority or the, the number of people who may protest be, it started with one person, Gandhiji. Okay. Yes. And then it became a movement. Similarly, just because a few people do not agree or just because a few people uh, are in disagreement with the way animals are being treated, should be no reason why we should not speak up. We must. And again, coming back to what I was telling you when we were discussing about wild animals, using any wild animal or even a domestic animal according to the way you want them to use, which is not a natural phenomenon or a natural behavior for that animal to exhibit. It can be done only through fear. Agreed. These elephants, again, which are used in these so-called sanctuaries, are deprived from their homes, which is, the wild. though they are in the wild, but they are not really in wild, they are in captivity. No, in that article he actually wrote, the photographer actually wrote that their legs were tied so closely yeah. that they were literally hopping. True. And, um, the, and the beating that was going on was of mm. a baby elephant for them to, to break, break their, their soul. Yeah, break their spirit and then induce them into doing what you want them to do. That's how, unfortunately, they are tortured and abused and there is no express ban or there is no express uh, provision as to this being illegal or this being stopped. Yeah, general provisions, there are a lot, but such practices need to be stopped. stopped. And these elephants are owned by the government. Like the Wildlife Protection Act says that Wildlife is the property of the state government. If the very state government is inflicting this kind of cruelty and abuse, how they can be expected to, to protect, protect their them. own wildlife? I agree. So lastly, I actually wanted to ask you is um, with a all of us have a limited time frame right now, right? We all sure. know we have about 10 years till doomsday and, yeah. and if we don't start making those changes that we need to make to save our planet, um, we probably lose it all. True. Uh, my question to you here is, do we still stand a chance? Yes, absolutely or we do. We are fighting a lost battle. Not at all. We do have a chance and we must not give up for the simple reason that I just quoted the UN yes. report and that very report said that there is still time. We have about 10 years to change what we have done. Now is the time to undo the bad. But once this period of 10 years is gone, then it is not going to be possible to reverse what bad has already been done. So it's, it's about time. And I can't insist enough that what comes on one's plate 
what choice one makes is what influences and it is what contributes to the kind of environment that we choose to live in the kind of environment we create for ourselves thank you meet it was so, so wonderful much. talking yeah, to you it was wonderful having you thank you so much